Boker Tov, and welcome back to our Daf Yomishir. I hope everyone had a wonderful Shabbat, and now we begin a new week of study. And this week, in Mitzvah Hashem, we are going to both finish the first parak and also complete the second parak, as you can see from the schedule on the handout. <clears throat> we uh, Today we are going to focus on one topic only, and that is the topic of Tzara'at, although it has several... Uh, different components that we need to analyze here. The Mishnah is going to present a machloket to Nabi Yosir Meir about whether or not a Kohen can observe the signs of Tzarat on Chol HaMoed. A bit of an introduction and then a, uh, a highlight. The highlight is that the concern here is simply one of Simchat HaRegel, of making sure that the person who is afflicted or potentially afflicted, and we'll see the different circumstances, uh, it does not have his um, celebration of the festival diminished in any way by the actions of the Kohen. Here is the basic layout, and it's printed on the page. When a person believes that they have a sign of Tzarat on their body, they have to approach the Kohen and have the Kohen look at it. Later on in our sugi, we'll see what time of day the Kohen can look at it. The Kohen takes a look. If the Kohen says this is not a sign of Sarat, then the guy is fine. If, on the other hand, he says it is, then the fellow goes into Hesger. Hesger means seclusion. Now, the Sugya in Megillah that we studied about a month ago indicated that when somebody goes into Hesger, he also has to leave the camp. Our Sugya clearly does not uh, accept that and believes that you stay inside the camp, inside the city, inside your house, but, uh, but you are in seclusion. Uh, the seclusion is really what we might call quarantine. After a week, the Kohen comes back and takes a look, and if the sign has spread, so then you are Mitzorah Muchlat, you are a clear and defined Mitzorah, you have to leave the camp, etc., and wait until it heals. If, on the other hand, the sign has healed, then you're Tahor. If the sign has not changed in any way, then you have another week of seclusion, which we call Hesger Sheni, the second week of seclusion. Uh, if, after the second week of seclusion... You are still Tameh, then you become Yitzhah Muchlat. If, on the other hand, it's cleared up, then you are Tahor. And there are all sorts of details about what is considered clearing up, what is considered still Tameh, and that is beyond the pale of what we're going to talk about today, and we do not need that information to understand this sugya. However, there are another couple components which we have to take into account. Um, the basic bottom line is that if the Kohen taking a look at the Mitzorah is going to make a pronouncement which potentially, in other words, there are several possible pronouncements, and if any one of those pronouncements could lead to an automatic diminishing of his rejoicing on the festival, then that is something that we want to avoid, and that is the core of the machloket. However, there's another piece to the puzzle. When the Kohen becomes, when the Mitzorah, sorry, becomes muchlat and has to leave the camp, according to the opinion of Rebbe, who we're going to deal with in the, in the Gemara, uh, he is still allowed to maintain marital relations with his wife. However, all agree that once he has become purified from the uh, from the tzarat after being muchlat, then he goes through the ritual and he starts counting seven days. During that period, he is not allowed to have relations with his wife. And so, one of the issues that's going to play out in the sugya is whether or not a person would have greater festivity and greater feeling of happiness on the regel if in spite of being separated from the community, they could still maintain relations with their wife, or even though they are separated from their wife sexually, they can still be part of the community, and that will play out into an analyzing the machlok at Rabbi Yosef Meir, etc. Um, the uh, the sugya 
will begin now. We'll take a look at the Mishnah. Any other items that we need to point out will come along on the way. Uh, the last point is um, that, therefore, if a Kohen were to, just to summarize, if a Kohen were to see somebody who had not yet had Sarat, there is nothing he could say to this fellow that's going to make things better for him. Uh, either it's going to be Tahor, in which case he's where he was anyways, and the Kohen's silence would be just as good, or he'll say Tameh, in which case the guy starts down that path. If after he is Mukhlat, meaning that he is uh, still in seclusion, the Kohen takes a look at him and gives him news, well, there's no news that he can say that's going to make things worse for him, unless, of course, we buy into two premises. One premise is that a person would prefer to have, be able to have relations with their wife, even though they're in seclusion, and the second one is that from the when you're mukhlat, you're allowed to be with your wife, but when afterwards when you start counting, you're not. And that that so if you accept that position, then indeed uh, uh, Cohen making a pronouncement when you're mukhlat, one of those pronouncements may indeed be bad news. If on the other hand, after seclusion to the quarantine, it is possible for the Cohen to make a pronouncement that's going to be bad news, and that is that you're tame and you have to leave the camp. So let's see how it all plays out. Rameir says that a Kohen may observe Nigayim, but only for purposes of pronouncing Tahor and not Tameh, which means it's up to the discretion of the Kohen to either say Tahor or to be silent. And he can choose to ignore the fact that it's Tameh. We will see that Chachamim is Rabbi Yossi. He says you can't look at it at all. And we will see the reason right away. Good. And this is Rabbi Yossi's reason, is the Chachamim and the Mishnah. If you are obligated to take a look at him, and uh, which means that you could say Tahor, you are also obligated, if he's Tameh, to declare. You don't have the choice of being silent. And we'll see why. I'm a Rebbe. Now this is the part of the Brighto that's going to drive the half of the Sugya. He says, I agree with and rule like Reb Meir in the case of Musgar, meaning somebody who's in seclusion, and Reb Yossi if he is Muchlat. Okay, now we'll see how that goes out. But now let's let's analyze the Brighta a little bit. Rava says that everybody will agree that you should not look at the Negaim if the guy has not yet anything and he comes and he's Tahor and he says, I think I have a Nega. Because there's no news you're going to give him that's good. Now, has Gary shown, if he's after his first seclusion, everybody agrees that you can look at him. Because there's nothing you're going to say to him that's bad. Either you're going to say Tameh, in which case he continues to be separated, or else you say Tahor, in which case uh, he can go home free. The Machloket is only after the second week. Mar Savar Bechohen Talia Milta. Rameyer says it's up to the coin's discretion. E Tahor Amar Le Tahor Vitame Shatik. If he's Tahor, he says Tahor. And if he's Tameh, he says nothing, which means that either he's going to say and stay and has, either he's going to say Tahor and the guy will go free or go home, or else he'll say nothing and the guy will stay in seclusion, but he won't have to leave the camp. The first pasuk on the page, the tarot, the tamo means that the Kohen, in Rabbi Yossi's estimation, the Kohen does not have the discretion only to say one thing. If he's going to take a look at it, he has to rule either way. And that means that if, at, after the second Hesger, he sees that the thing is spread or just has not abated, because after the second week, he has to say Tameh, in which case the guy is going to have to leave the camp. Now, let's look at Rebbe's statement. 
Good. Ah, we have a brighter that has the exact opposite. And I have this laid out on the page. It's Rebbe version 1 and Rebbe version 2. In which, in which Rebbe favors Rebbe Yossi in, in Muskar and Rebbe Meir in Muchlat. So the answer is, there's a machloket of Rebbe's students about how Rebbe ruled. But what's the reasoning behind it? The simple question is, which a person would prefer, if I can only be integrated in the community but separated from my wife, meaning sexually, or if I can only be with my wife but I have to remain in seclusion outside of the camp, which one is the preference? So let's play it out. If the clear preference, if the, somebody would prefer to be able to maintain the relations with their wife, even if they're, they're secluded, then we would say that we would prefer Rabbi Yossi in a case of uh, Muchlat, uh, in a case of, uh, a second, um, in a case of Muchlat, because then the person's going to have to, uh, in, if the person is already Muchlat and the com- person comes along and says, Tahor, or Tameh, sorry. Um, Alright, so if the, the we say that a person prefers the company of the world, let's go back to that, that prefers the company of society, then we would say that Rabbi, Yossi, Rabbi holds like Rabbi Yossi b'muchlat, because after all, whatever the guy is going to say is not going to be bad. If he says Tahor, then the guy can come back into the community. And if he says Tameh, then the guy just stays there. Uh, if, on the other hand, we say that a person prefers the company of his wife, then Rabbi Yossi would have to be b'muskar. Why? Because Rameyer would say b'muchlat, a guy goes out. If you're Tameh, so say Tameh. If, on the other hand, you say Tahor, then the guy's going to start counting seven, and he's going to have to start avoiding being intimate with his wife. Good. So now, really, the question of how to read what Rabbi said is based on, given uh, your choice, which one you would be will- more willing to do without. Now, but that entire uh, presentation rests on a premise that a person who is muhlat is allowed to be with his wife, and it's only afterwards when he starts counting that he's not. Otherwise, there's never a downside to a muhlat being investigated, observed by the Kohen, because the worst thing that's going to be is that he's going to stay there, and the best is that he starts counting seven, and in either way he can't be with his wife, unless you say that he was with his wife until he starts counting. It's a machloket. The pasuk, pasuk number two on the page, says he has to stay out of his tent for seven days when he's counting. is a euphemistic reference to his wife. He has to be away from his tent, from his wife, for seven days. How do we know that? When Hashem speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu on Har Sinai, Ben Israel say we're afraid to be close. Hashem says to Moshe, tell them to go back to their tents, meaning resume normal marital relations. Now, that's Tanakhama. And that seems to be Rebbe's opinion, which is that a person is allowed to be with their wife, except for during the seven days of counting. This is a pasuk in Yechezkel. You count seven days. So it's only during the days of counting that you're separated, but not during the days of uh, of, of uh, separation. That, that is in the same opinion. However, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yudomer, his son disagrees and says, If after all, during the process of purification, you're separated from your wife, certainly while you were tahor, tamei, certainly you're separated. Good. 
Now, that would mean that Rebbe does not accept Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yehuda, who, by the way, was a chaver of his, does not accept his opinion, uh, because he, Rebbe, holds that during the time of Hechlet, the person is allowed to be with his wife, which is why in one of the versions, uh, Rabbi Yossi, uh giving the news that your tahor is actually bad news, because then you have to start counting and separate from your wife. The Amr and now we have a story, Dante Lifne Rebbe, I said the following thing in front of Rebbe, Limatan Rabbeinu, Rebbe, you taught us, and it's going to support what we said, Yotam lo hayalo chaluto. If you recall, in Malachim, Bet, we meet the king Uziyahu, who ruled for a long time, but most of it in absentia because he was a Mitzorah. And Yotam, who was his son, who ruled in his place, sort of uh, ex officio, but he ruled in his place, um, ruled, uh, so it was conceived, according to tradition, while Uziyahu was Muchlat, which means that a Muchlat is allowed to have relations with his wife. Right? Amarlo, Afani, Kachamarti. And Rebbe said, yeah, that's what I said. In other words, Rebbe certainly holds that a Mitzvah Mukhlat is allowed to be with his wife. So now, what is the Machloket? It's a fairly straightforward uh, assessment. Yosemite says, if the Torah said that you're not allowed to be with your wife during the time of Sphira, then call the Chomer when you're Tahor Tamilagamre. And Rabbi Yehuda and Tanakama which now is adopted by Rebbe, maintained that whatever the Torah said, the Torah said, and whatever the Torah didn't say, we don't know about. And therefore, special Zerat HaKatuv, that you're separated from your wife when you're counting. By the way, there's certain reasoning involved also, because in the process of purification. And um, and uh, when you are Muchlat, you're allowed to be with your wife. Now, parenthetically, that's enti- the, the entire discussion rests, at least Reb Meir's position, on the notion that the Kohen has the discretion to, to take a look at the thing and either say something or not say something. Is that true? And we see it in Pasuk number 5 on the page. On the day that he sees it, it becomes Tamei. What does that mean? In other words, some days you do look, some days you don't look. What's the ruling? Let's say a chatan, during his week of celebration, suddenly sees a sign. We tell him, don't show it to the coin until afterwards. Right? In other words, the coin has the discretion to say, I'll look at it later. And in the meantime, don't show me anything. And uh, you know, you're not tamay. You're only tamay when I say so. And by the way, they, that's for him and his entire family. And by the way, for his garments also. So if there's a neg on the garments, a neg on the house. The same thing in Yantif. If somebody sees a nega just before Yantif, you say, I'll look at it after Yantif. Why mess up Yantif? That's Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi says, I agree with you, but you don't need that pasuk. In Nigei Batim, pasuk number six, when you have Tzarat in the house, the Kohen first tells them to get everything out of the house, and then he declares a Tamei. In other words, in order to save all those items from becoming Tamei, he doesn't make the declaration until they're out. And here we're waiting just to let the guy get his own vessels out, things that are not Shul Mitzvah, just to make life easier for him. So certainly we will wait to allow a Chatan to celebrate his his festive week and to allow everybody to celebrate their festive uh, Chag. So my Benai, what's the difference between Rebbe and Rabbi Yehuda? Abayah says nothing. In other words, Mashroon Dorshin just means I hear it from here and I hear it from there, but they end up with the same notion, which is that the Kohen has the discretion when to look at a nega, and if the time is importune for the, uh, inopportune for the, uh, for the fellow who is afflicted, he says, I'll look at it later.
Rava says, no, there is a difference, because according to Rabbi Yehuda, you're only allowed to avoid it for Dvar Mitzvah. According to Rabbi, you're allowed to avoid it even for Dvar Rashut. The guy says, I'm going on a big business trip tomorrow, I have a big meeting tomorrow. Say, come back to me in two days and I'll take a look at the Nega. According to Rabbi Yehuda, you couldn't do that. Now, Rabbi Yehuda, mehatam lo Why doesn't Rabbi Yehuda learn it from Nigebatim? Say, the Chidoshu. It's a, it's, to, it's a totally bizarre law that you cannot be used as a model for anything else. After all, wood, I mean, wood that's built into a house, and rocks that are built into a house never get tumah. And here suddenly they get tumah because the house becomes tamay, and you have to carve out the walls of the house, etc. Which means nigebatim is such a weird thing, you can't use it as a model. Rebbe says, you know what, I agree with you that you get it from Vuyom Heraupo, and you also need nigebatim. Why? If they only had your pasuk, pasuk number five on the page, then I would think it's only to allow somebody to finish their festive time of a mitzvah, like a chatan or the regal. So, therefore, the Torah specifically said that the Kohen tells them to get all the stuff out of the house, which is dvar reshut. And if all the Torah said, and here he's sort of agreeing with Rabbi Yudah, if all the Torah said was in the case of Nige Batim, the Kohen tells them to get stuff out before he declares it Tamei, I would think, sure, because the law of Tuma de Gufe, that's because it's Tuma that's separate from the person himself, it's his house. But if the Tuma is on your body, I think you have to look at it right away. So Tzricha, therefore I need both Psukim to tell me that even Tuma, which is on your body, may be delayed as far as observing, and therefore the declaration, in order to allow even a Dvar Rashut. Good. Amar Mar. So the end of our sugya goes back to the issue of Yesh Yom Shatar Ebo Yesh Yom Shiyatar Ebo. Now, how did we get that out of the Pasuk? The Pasuk said, Uviyom Heraot Bo. How does that tell you that on some days you look and on some other days you don't look? My Mashma Rabbi, Imkenichto Rachmana Biyom. Abaya says the very, the extra Vav, uh, which really in the context of Sukim seems a little bit superfluous. Uviyom Heraot Bo. Is extra. It should say biyom heraotpo. My uvayom shvamina yeshom shataruebo yeshom shitaruebo. The vav is there as if to say that it's on that day that you look. Meaning some days you do look, some days you don't look. Rava mar kula kayit yiterahu. Rava says the entire word uvayom is extra. All it had to say is when he sees it. It doesn't say on the day he sees it. My uvayom. So you see from here, there's some days you'd look and some days you don't look. Now, what does Abayah do with that? No, the word Bayom is important to tell me that the Kohen is not allowed to look at Nagoyim at night. For Rava, Bayom Rava must agree. We all know that the Kohen can only look at Nagoyim during the day. So where does he get it from? This is Pasuk number 7 on the page. When everything that the Kohen sees, right? And he says that means that whatever the coin can see with his eyes, as opposed to with any artificial light at night. He says the says is there to exclude a coin who is blind in one eye. A one-eyed coin cannot see in the going because of the Khomare with the full vision of the coin. Rabba needs the pasuk, that same pasuk for to exclude a one-eyed coin. So, Ian, you're right. Achinami. So, Rava must have another source for Bayom Velobalayla. Nafkole mi kinega nirali babayit. In the last pasuk on the page, pasuk number eight, the fellow comes to the coin and says, 
Something that looks like a nega is seen to me. What does Lee mean? Lee velola ori. I saw it myself and not by the light of a torch. So we see that negei batim, and we assume therefore all negaim can only be seen by daylight and not by artificial light. Abaye says that pasuk cannot be a model. And this takes us back to where we were a few minutes ago. Because that pasuk is about Nige Batim. And Nige Batim is a weird, different, bizarre, therefore a poor model for anything else. And second of all, what's, what's critical is that it's Tuma that is separate from your own body. And therefore I would think, sure, when it comes to Tuma that's separate from your own body, maybe he has to see it by day. But Tuma on his body, perhaps, because after all, the body you can move to a place where there's some light, maybe he could look with a, uh, a torch. Therefore, I need the Pasuk, Kamash Balan, Uviyom Heraot Bo, the Biyom Abaye says, they tell me I have to see it by day. Uviyom is there to tell me that there's some days I don't look because I have the discretion whether to look or not. Parenthetically, and in summary, uh, this notion is not just Ramayr's notion. Everybody agrees that the coin has the discretion to look or not look. The question is, the machloka between Ramayr and Yossi is, once the coin looks, can he remain silent? Ramayr says, yeah, if his news is bad, he can be silent. Yossi says, no, once he's already been engaged to observe, he has to render a decision, bain l'tahor, bain l'tameh, as we see in the first pasuk, l'taharo, o l'tamo. Everybody should have a wonderful day, and Amir Tashem, tomorrow we will pick up on the Mishnah, continuing with Reb Meir's rulings about Cholamoid and Davchet Amur Aleph.